three, two, one, play. Greetings and salutations. Welcome to the intro portion of the newest episode of 321 Play, the podcast. What a time to be alive. We're, we're alive at a time such as this. Yeah. In a, in a day and age when we can watch movies whenever <laughs> we want to watch them. Whenever we, with, with subscriptions, with potentially problematic digital only format models, which I feel like should be its own podcast about how the fact that like major conglomerates can just wipe movies off the face of the earth with no physical media backups. But you know, it's people like my dad who are not going to be affected by that because he's, no, like, he's like, they can do that whenever they want to. So I'm just going to buy the movies I like. Yeah. Because he literally owns, I think every movie yeah. that's ever been made in existence. That's right. He loves buying. Like, I really, I really should have called Jim Barber when I heard that, the old Sesame Street episodes were wiped from HBO Max and been like, Jim, it's a random question. <laughs> Do you happen to have like the eighties, the early, like the late seventies, early eighties Sesame Street episodes? I need to watch Big Bird and Snuffleupagus. <laughs> Please, thank you. He'd be like, Yeah, let me uh, dig around in the archives for a second. I feel like you just go, you just go into gr- his garage and like pull out a dusty copy <laughs> like yeah we got these for hamilton when he was really little but we just never you know i don't know they're you like never... vhs's or something oh yeah i mean you never know we used to tape all kinds of stuff like he and mom would go out on date night or something and he'd be like all mm-hmm. right hamilton at 8 30 whose line is it anyway comes on i need you to take the tape that's already okay. in there rewind it to the beginning and hit record that's so important though like whose line was the most important yeah and the most w- important show and then we got the VCR that you could like set a timer to record on. Oh, uh, we, we never we had smiling. one of those. Look, we never had one of those, but one of my really good childhood friends, Gretchen, had a TiVo and she recorded all of Pushing Daisies and saved them all. So Brilliant. whenever we were in our Lee Pace um, obsession era, I, like we would go over like Kristen and and I would go over to her house and we would just binge all of the episodes of Pushing Daisies because Gretchen had them all. Oh, and Ugly Betty. That was the other thing too. We were big on Ugly Betty. So we would just go over because she TiVo'd everything. I was like, this That's is incredible. magical. And then I asked mom and dad if we could have TiVo and they were like, no. <laughs> <laughs> It'll never catch they, on. They were like, you've got your Disney VHSs. Watch <laughs> Watch more Disney movies. <laughs> I mean, Dad never, Dad never missed an episode of Desperate Housewives. Which, if you're listening to this and you know my father, yes, my father was a weekly Desperate Housewives fan. Hey, I'm not judging. No, it's, you like what you like, and it's it's also just a a physical risk to judge Chris Rogers for anything. I feel like that's. That's true. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to do it. No. Hey, what are we what are we talking about today? We're just kind of jabbing <sighs> yeah. away over here. I know. Well, well actually, what what okay. have you been watching? What have you been watching recently? Uh, honestly, I haven't really been watching much of anything. It's uh been yeah, you know, I've been working a lot, but hmm. I have been watching with you a couple of things. 
Yeah. Uh, we've, we've been watching um, House she of the Dragon. We've we been have been watching House of the Dragon. We've been watching yeah. She-Hulk. We've been watching Rings of Power. Yeah. Those are all really good. Those um, are. Did- and I I started Andor tonight. I watched an episode. Three episodes dropped. Yeah, I, f- I no. forgot that that dropped today. I did too. I could have watched an episode on my lunch break and I got so mad I was reading instead. Which oh, that's okay. <laughs> I shouldn't be mad for reading. I'm literally reading. But I was just like, oh man, I could have knocked out an episode. It's good. It's it's very... Um, it's refreshing in the way that Mandalorian was refreshing because it's not in the Star Wars like same genre. Like mm. it is a spy thriller. Like it it literally is a spy thriller. It's really kind of like so kind of like Rogue One. I mean, yeah, it's it's Cassian's story, but I think it's even more of a um I don't want to say Mission Impossible because it's not on that Tom Cruise scale, but like it it feels like a Jason Statham heist movie, but with okay. Diego Luna and set in the Star Wars universe. So there's like a whole lot of there's a whole lot of undertones going on. But it was just the first episode. I really liked it. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I haven't checked it out yet, um, but I it's on the list, you know, yeah. the ever growing list. Uh, the we saw list. we saw Bullet Train. We since did we last talked. Oh man, we love Bullet Train. Yeah, that it's a fun. really it's a, if you're looking for a turn your brain off and have fun in a movie for an hour and a half, that's yeah. your that's your ticket. It's just fun. That's it. Let me check my stubs really fast to yeah, see. Yeah, we also was, saw the invitation. We did. We saw it with our friend Sam. And holy cow, if you just want like a dumb, campy emphasis on both movie, of those words. Yeah, it there is dumb. But here's the there thing. There is nothing. I didn't, like, the first 30 minutes did not tell me that I was about to watch a dumb movie. Like, no, the it really The beginning didn't. of it is really strong. Yeah, I mean, there are some strong scares. Like, I jumped a few times. Yeah. And then Sam did her, like, classic knees up, mm-hmm. um, hands in front of her eyes yep. move for a couple of them. And, like, it, there were some strong scares in the beginning. And then it just goes full on camp whenever oh, yeah. The big because it's a vampire movie. In case you guys don't know, mm-hmm. um, when it when it hits, and the yes, you meet bits, Jonathan and Mina Harker. Oh my god, that was the part that I was just like, our eyes rolled so hard. Right now? <laughs> Almost rolled out of my skull. I know. Um, and if you don't know who Jonathan and Mina Harker are, and you don't know why that was like a dumb reference, then um, you'll probably read, think it's fine. You'll probably think it's fine, <laughs> but if uh, also read a book. <laughs> um, <laughs> A book. Just a book. Uh, a <laughs> book named Dracula, please. Just read it. Um, Dracul. Dracul. Or watch um, the BBC miniseries, because it's very great. Oh, man, that was so good. I just yeah. think, about, I think about Claus Bang as Victor Von Doom, <laughs> like, once a week, and I get mad Marvel hasn't cast him yet. Yeah, they're missing that man, out. That man's aging, but if they're already doing an older... Fantastic Four, then it it stands to reason you should have an older Victor Von Doom, and, and Claus he is perfect for it. Is perfect for it, and I just need it. I need it right now. Um, but yeah, that was a fun movie, and I just looked. I have not seen anything really since Bodies, Bodies, Bodies. Um, you saw the movie we're going to talk about today. The movie we're going to talk about today. Yeah, maybe I guess that's like the perfect. uh, We are uh, quite a ways into this now, so we might as well just tell them. 
if you didn't uh, read the title. <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're talking about Barbarian today. And I asked yes. Hamilton to record this first so that I could decompress after recording <laughs> and be able to sleep. Um, just for context, this movie messed me up on a level, like a hereditary level, a The Ring level, a Sinister level, a This is Going on Shelby's, I watched it once, I appreciated it, and I, I'm not going to touch it again level. Um, although I do think this would get better with repeat viewings. I really do think this would get better with repeat viewings. I just don't want to be the person to repeat said viewing. You know? I get it. I'm going to repeat view it because I... I know you will. Adored it. But, you really um, liked it. I did too. I, I need you guys oh, to yeah. know. I, I, we both loved this movie. It was great. My um, little dumb nightmare terror lizard brain can't take watching this movie again. So it's um it's a brain buster to be sure. And not in like mm-hmm. a Chris Nolan, I'm so clever and writing so clever brain buster, but like it just it sticks with you. And um <laughs> I, I think there's a lot of reasons probably why. Yeah. But so um it, as best you can and as quickly as you can, can you try and summarize this movie and then we yeah. did have a request from a listener. Hi, Casey. Hi, Casey. Uh, we had a request from a listener to do like an in-depth um, spoilery recap. So this is going to be your non, your non-spoilery recap. Go. Non-spoilery recap incoming. There's a girl who's in town in Detroit, Michigan for a work conference. And she rents an Airbnb or something equivalent, and she shows up in the middle of the night in the pouring down rain and finds out that there's already somebody who is staying at the house. There you go. That's that's as, as succinct as I can be without giving anything away. Yeah. I think. Yeah. And so I'm going to give the more in-depth spoilery review. So if you don't want to listen to the spoilers, Hamilton will put in the comments, the timestamp for us just like talking about the movie. But if you're never going to watch this movie or you don't have time to watch this movie or you just, or if you don't care about spoilers, if you like knowing the twist or if you like knowing the twist, um, then feel free to listen to this part. If you don't want to hear a spoiler, then you should skip to 1725. Okay. So this movie, um, this movie's marketing hinges a lot on the casting of Bill Skarsgård, who is Pennywise in it. And so, yes, Hamilton was right. Scroll goes to an Airbnb. Um, there is someone already living there, and it is Bill Skarsgård. And the whole premise of the first half of the movie is that you are expecting him to be the person who screws everything up, who is creepy, who is sadistic, and you don't know what this weird thing is. Like, doors start opening. He has night terrors. He seems like a normal guy. He seems normal, but there are still some red flags. And honestly, the scroll is, like, got written off in my brain for not just going into town and buying a hotel and taking him at his word that there was nothing available. Like, Well, the plot dictated that she couldn't because they were full up because of the conference. Because of the conference, right. I know that. But I would still just be like, I would rather sleep in my car downtown in Detroit 
then I'm going to drive to Toledo and stay there. Yeah, I will drive literally anywhere else. Um, and I will just say sorry to this job interview <laughs> that she's in town for. Um, so it all hinges on that. And so at one point, um, she goes down into the basement and to get toilet paper and realizes that there is a secret door. So she goes through the secret door, which our theater, our theater was um, very Animated. black, very black and very Puerto Rican. We yes. were like the minorities. So it was a very outspoken theatrical experience. And I loved very it. Fun. Yeah. 10 out yeah. of 10. And so every, you know, as soon as she opens the like mystery door, every black woman in the theater just goes, mm. and um we were like yeah no you're right um but naturally she went through and then she goes back up to get bill skarsgård's character and then he disappears not just not just through the door but like into a series of tunnels and network of tunnels and so there are some jump scares finally you see him run up to her and say there is somebody down here with me which is where you start to go, Wait a oh, second. no, this got worse. And um, it was at that point that um, a woman across the theater goes, this is why I'm glad I live in Florida. We don't have basements. And I was like, yes, that's the only thing that's going to get me to sleep tonight. I don't have a basement. I live in an apartment <laughs> complex. Anyway, um, so you see this figure run up, basically, for out of the shadows grab Bill Skarsgård's little Pennywise head and slam it into a rock multiple times. And, and then he roar dies. At her. And then roar at her and she dies. And you see like, you see like saggy boobs and that's a, and a, a teeth. And that's about and all it, you see of this creature. And then it cuts it hard cuts. And at that cat. moment we realized that, we were in a psycho we were literally in a psycho situation where we had been advertised one thing with one type of movie and got something absolutely, totally, and completely different. And it was a brilliant friggin' twist brilliant. once we finished the movie, but we were just like, we've never actually like lived through this situation. And you know, like you watch Psycho, but you know that she dies halfway through. You watch Scream, but you know Drew Barrymore doesn't make it out of the first scene. We have never... At least, I haven't. I've never lived through a situation. Sorry, I had to burp. Oh, you're fine. I've never lived through a situation where the plot literally changes on me halfway through. So, anyway, we cut. We go to California, and it's Justin Long driving a convertible, getting a call from his agent that he... So, he was a, a celebrity. His character is an actor. And he gets accused of, like, some really horrific stuff. and um, And so, he... winds up having to sell a lot of his properties and he has a rental in Detroit, Michigan. And that rental happens to be the Airbnb where our main characters have stayed up. And it's, it's been a couple weeks since, you know, Bill Skarsgård's head got turned to mush and we don't see the girl. So he goes up there, tries to handle it. He discovers everything that's downstairs. um, And then it becomes this like fight basically to escape. Um, the the creature who's downstairs who which if you guys want to know it's not a demon and it's not a monster it is um she's the product of inbreeding um because this man 
in the 80s who lived in that, or the 70s who lived in that house, um, would like take women down there, rape them, and then rape the, or would then rape the product of that rape. And it was so, like, he was, he was a real villain, obviously, Mm -hmm. of the whole movie. But it was so, like, messed up when you, like, you could have heard a pin drop in the whole theater when everyone realized what was was going on. And so then it leads to, you know, a big confrontation. I won't tell you who makes it out of the movie and who doesn't. Um, but it is a wild friggin' ride. It's crazy. Um, because basically this monster, not monster, but this, this woman um, just wants a baby. And so she treats anyone who lives in this house as her baby. So she will come grab them at night take them down to the cellar and treat them like her, her baby to the point of like breastfeeding adults. And it is, yes, it is every bit as messed up and as scary as you can think. And there are some horrifying visuals that I cannot bleach my brain from or bleach from my brain. So (laughs) I'm just, I'm like getting real anxious just thinking about it again. I know. Please talk about this movie so I don't have to anymore. <laughs> I was just letting you go. That was a that was a good in-depth <laughs> review. And also, well, welcome back to the people who skipped. Yes. So you you mentioned the like the, the old switcheroo that it pulled on us halfway through. Um, I thought that that was like one of the best examples of what the tone of this movie of of this movie is like. Um, it's like a little bit all over the place. And after that, like intensely horrifying, like subterranean jump scare, uh, you're, you just cut to Justin long in a convertible driving down the PCH and like singing a pop song on the radio. You know, it's hysterical. Um, and, and it's a, it's a relief to laugh by that point because you it just, a it's a bit, it's a bit of black comedy cause you're just so horrified from what you just saw. Mm-hmm. So I respect it. And then I was telling Hamilton that I read that the writer, um, when he went into this movie, did want to make just the first half of the film because he watched a documentary about like the biggest red flags for women and then especially how problematic Airbnbs can be. And there are a lot of TikToks now of like girls who get Airbnbs and these creeps have left cameras behind mirrors and, and hidden in AC units and vents and stuff. And, and, um, so he wanted to play into all that. And then he just like had a, a joking kind of moment. Like, what if I turn the story into this? And then he went with it. And then that became the second half of the movie. And I'm just like, both of these are horrifying. What is it like to be inside your brain? Actually, I don't want to know you know (laughs) yeah well he's a like he's an interesting dude because um like another one of our favorite horror film makers jordan peele he got his he like he cut his teeth in comedy specifically comedy yeah um and so that's why and oh also by the way this movie was made with 10 million dollars which is like an absurdly small amount of budget that's i mean that's like almost an indie film budget it feels yeah. so much bigger than ten million dollars. It looks, and, uh, it looks like a hundred million dollars. Yeah. yeah, and I really hope it grossed more than. T- I'm, I'm pretty sure it grossed more than ten million. But here's my thing: is that like this movie 
to me will be on streaming like it'll become a cult classic in the same way as like malignant was a cult classic on hbo we haven't talked about malignant i don't think we need to talk about malignant and i think that would be like if we just did like our our cult favorites of scary movies i think that would be a really good one to touch on malignant gosh it is up there holy it slaps it's so good this weekend barbarian passed 20 million dollars in the box office fantastic doubled its investment despite not being like a super wide release you know i mean like it was in a lot of theaters but it wasn't like yeah. a top gun release you know no it's not like gonna be super insanely high i think this is one that's like unfortunately not gonna it's not gonna last very long at the box office but i think over time with streaming yeah and with discussion around it it'll go down as being a really brilliant movie like a truly brilliant movie for what it was it's gonna be like the descent in that way i think like it's Mm. gonna it's gonna find its audience like probably a year after it leaves yeah yeah um because i mean it has a lot of the same ideas that the descent had like filmmaking wise you know doing it on a shoestring budget hiring really great actors to do really difficult stuff solid Uh, subterranean horror little tight tight um filming constraints and even when it's dark it's not unseeable yeah which is worse i know it's like maybe maybe we could have used a little bit less light maybe maybe i don't need to see exactly what's coming for them in the shadows <laughs> um but yeah zach Kreger's the guy who made this uh he wrote and directed it and he got his start with the whitest kids you know if, if you don't oh, know i love it you know, yeah yeah they're they have some completely hysterical like early 2000s sketches you know like mm-hmm. that, like origins of key and peel maybe even before that um was when he was doing his thing and i'm like how about we just hire more comedians to make horror movies because they knock it out of the park i'm totally here for that um although from what i've seen of olivia wilde's reviews maybe she should just stick to comedy Instead of trying to do thriller with Don't Worry, Darling. But... Did she start with comedy? Well, no, I... Because, I mean, like, I th- wasn't House her breakout role? Yeah, I mean, her breakout role, but in terms of, like, direction. Oh, yeah. You know, oh, and, like, leading yeah. a team, it was Booksmart. Yeah, that's true. So maybe she should just stick to her on me. But Booksmart was good. Booksmart was good. This is, like, the sophomore slump of sophomore slumps for her. Yeah, but, but even then, like, I wouldn't consider her, like, a comedian. You know, no, that made, that is true. Yeah, she made a comedy movie. Yeah, she's like she. Uh, well, it I was guess, her and like a giant writing team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like she's a she's a good actor and she's a good director too. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone can make bad movies. I think we need to let people make bad movies. In the words of Hannah Montana, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody <laughs> has those days. <laughs> sometimes your boyfriend spits on chris pine you know no one no one can handle that it's fine um can we do or, a podcast solely on the don't worry darling discourse because i'm we've had so many thoughts about don't worry don't worry darling i was on i was on twitter for all of that and hamilton had to put up with all of the tweets that I sent him and I was just like, this is insane. And I am eating this up. (laughs) I was on Twitter. I think for like 
12 hours of 24 hours and it was not healthy, but it was just, I couldn't put it down. I couldn't, I couldn't put my phone down. I couldn't get off the app. I was like, this is the most insane thing I've ever seen surrounding a movie. Yeah, it, it has colored that movie for sure. Yeah. Anyway, back to Barbarian. I know. <laughs> I know, back to Barbarian. So when we were in the theater and we were talking about that moment when the like the plot all of a sudden switches, um, I started realizing that like all of the footage from the trailers that we had seen were I'm only in pretty the first. sure I'm pretty sure yeah. every moment from the trailer is in the first like forty five minutes of the movie. Yeah, I and- did not know. I did not know that Justin Long was in it had it not been for um, I think he did an interview about it. And I was like, oh, that's weird because I thought it was like a tour. You know, I was like, maybe he's somebody who just like comes in and is the owner of the Airbnb or like collects money or like as a neighbor or something. It's so weird. Yeah, I was think I was thinking he was going to be someone down in the basement. Yeah. You know, oh, like the other thing. The, like make him a monster guy. Yeah. The other thing, too they don't show in the movie or they don't show in the trailer is how dilapidated everywhere else around this house is. Right. Because I mean, you're in the outskirts of Detroit. You're not again, part of town. And it is quite literally the only house that is standing mm-hmm. in the section of town. And you don't see that at all. So like it, when when she drives up in the first 30 seconds of the film to the house and then or the next morning she goes outside to her car and you see that there are no other houses it immediately like establishes that sense of isolation and that was a really really like a beautiful i will i won't say cherry it's like a whipped cream on top because it it serves a lot more to the story of this idea of isolation and not being able to call for help and having to solve problems on your own Mm-hmm. You know, I was thinking about that house and it's funny right before this, uh, Shelby asked me all these things that I could describe her as, you know, a flower, a place, a oh my meal, all this stuff. Um, and one of the things, and just as I was thinking about it, um, I was thinking about Venus flytraps and I decided ultimately not to describe her as a Venus flytrap, but I was thinking about Venus flytraps with this movie um, because in a lot of ways, that's what the house is. And like historically in the plot of the movie, that's Ooh. kind of what the house was like used as, you know, this guy would lure these people uh-huh. into this house. And so I was thinking about that, like from the very beginning of the movie, you pull up and the only light in the whole frame is coming from this the house. front porch of this house. And then you look and when she goes up and rings a doorbell and she can't hear anything, she can't get the door open then a light turns on and, you know, light is something that's like inviting and stuff, but in this movie, it's like a weapon. And so she uses light to like fight off the darkness when she first opens the door. Um, mm-hmm. in the she uses her so- yeah, she uses her she, phone she, light. But well, and also no, and, she, and she rigs up that mirror to look down the hall, you know? Yeah. She very smartly rigs up a mirror to reflect the light or refract the light from, from the overhead. Yeah. Into she the was hallway. locked in the basement. Because she was stuck in the basement. And so, but once she does that and she gets into the darkness, the next light that she sees from the TV down that long hallway is something that ultimately lures her into another trap, you know? Mm -hmm. And even like in this house, everything is designed kind of like this spider, like this house is a spider pulling its victims into it. Yeah. Um, Oh, man, that's good. From being just like 
the only bright spot in the middle of a like a terrible rundown neighborhood that just mm-hmm. 40 years ago was like bright, vibrant, you know, Detroit suburb sound, you know? Yeah, that flash, there's a flashback scene that explains why the monster living in the basement lives in the basement. And it is and shot it, so freaking well. It shot so well, but it absolutely messed me up. And the guy who who is one of the main characters um, one of the main villains is a is a phenomenal character actor, and um, he just he does he puts in work. He does a great job. Yeah, he does the the slimy, like yeah. stringy, greasy villain guy so well. Yeah, um, which is sad because in interviews he's a really nice guy. I know. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't think really you work sweet. as much as he does in all of these niche roles without having yeah. a great reputation in the industry. You know? Oh yeah. Um, but yeah, bringing that up also brought to mind the camera work that um, mm-hmm. that I forgot the DP's name, but the lens choices for some of these shots was like making my brain explode. So you know how like if you're looking down a lens, it's kind of like if you if you got like a toilet paper roll and you're holding it up to your eye, you know, you can mm-hmm. only see what's like, you know, in that little frame. Yeah. Well, for a bunch of the shots in this movie. Uh, they were using anamorphic lenses, which have like a little bit, you can see more on the wings of your image. So, it, it, you know, it's kind of like stretched out a little bit on the sides. And so they use that in times when like you're looking down a really long, dark hallway that it lets you see the entire hallway draped in darkness and then the one little spot of light over on the side. And it's the same thing in the flashbacks when um, you're watching this guy like hunt these victims in like a supermarket or whatever. They're using the same lens so that he fills up seemingly all of the screen, but you can still see the stuff on the side, all of the things he's hunting in the periphery. And I'm like, they put so much care into every aspect of this movie. Down they to really lens did. choice. It's, Down it's to lens amazing. choice. I also want to say the score was super, super well done and um, haunting and atonal. Um, which is exactly what you expected to be because it's atonal and then you get like moments where like pop music is used and you're like it, it jars you and that's intentional and it's so kind of a relief um, and then you go back into the atonal stuff and it just it, ooh, it's it's really really good very atmospheric minimalist um, nothing anything super crazy there's not like a a score or a theme here it's so mm. good the uh the woman who did it also did um stuff for fear street the, oh, that many fear series street. gosh yeah. i love fear street yeah there's I was it, it's just a, thinking about fear street the other day i was just thinking about fear street earlier for something that's coming up later yeah. hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> y'all might have to stay tuned for that episode hmm I know. Who knows? I know. All right. So I just want to talk about the most haunting scenes and mm-hmm. images and stills, okay. I think, in this movie. Is this because like this like movie. um like an exorcism for you? Is that what this is? Yeah, I need to talk about it because if I don't talk about it, I just I'm not gonna sleep. All right, expel the demons. Into some need, pigs right over there. I know. I need you guys to know that this movie is like 30% of the reason that I bought a nightlight. <laughs> um, it was like 1 a.m. 
And so I had COVID at the start of September. um, And it's the first time I I had it since the, since the outbreak happened. And it just knocked me on my butt. And I've had night terrors on and off since then. This movie did not help with those night terrors. Let me tell you. So um, I got a nightlight because of this movie, because I kept seeing things in the corner of my room, namely like the villain. And I had to keep reminding myself, no, it lives in the basement. I'm, I don't have a basement. That's not me. Mm-hmm. Um, but honestly, I think that the bit where Justin Long is at the other door and she's in the hallway kind of framed and then she backs into the darkness. Mm-hmm. That just like is stuck in that's stuck in my little lizard brain. Yeah. Yeah. What Shelby's referring to is um, Justin Long when he goes down into the basement and gets ensnared in this trap or whatever, eventually finds his way out. And one of the other characters tells him she's not the one you need to worry about. Just let her do her thing. She'll leave you alone. She's just trying to baby you. There's something worse down here with us. And uh, so he is trying to escape from the woman and he finds another door. And that's the door that Shelby's talking about. Mm. So what gives it so much weight is like you think that this horrifying looking woman is like the bad guy. But when you see her like approach the door, just kind of in the edges of the frame and then slowly back away from it, you're like, what is going to be behind the door? Yeah, I didn't. I did not like it. I also this movie is this movie is very violent. Yeah. Like I went to the bathroom at what I thought was a safe point and I missed I walked in on a a supremely violent death and I was like <laughs> What I was gone for two whole minutes. I know. She was like, what happened? I was like, so that guy got his arm ripped off and she beat him to death with it and then escaped to the top of a water tower and there was going to be this thing and he was going to protect her, but instead he threw her off and so she jumped off and tried to sit. And Shelby was like, that was in two minutes? I was so mad because I was like, this, I was like, this is like, you know, a quiet place level, like, succinct action back to back to back. I'm like, I I just had to pee. Like we had a giant drink. I what? Like (laughs) it was, um, it was wild, but, uh, in hindsight, I think I'm glad I missed it. I know, but the pacing of it still, yeah, it was like sudden, but nothing felt out of place pace wise. Yeah. It all, um, the, it, it ebbs and flows at just the right, points and Mm -hmm. i don't think it was your typical three act movie which i appreciate it Mm -hmm. felt like two complete stories that were connected together yeah it feels more like psycho than Mm -hmm. like a slasher movie yeah it literally has the pacing of psycho um and i think i think a lot of that pacing stuff just comes from his background in sketch comedy and same with jordan Like the Mm -hmm. reason their stuff is paced so well is because they're used to writing things that have to be paced well in order for the joke to land. Yeah. Writing, writing a punchline for a joke is the same as writing a scare. You know, it's Mm -hmm. all just build up up and pay pay off. Yeah. Build up and pay off. Yeah. This is us saying, please, if you are a sketch comedian, make a horror movie because I want to watch it. I bet it'd be pretty good. And this is also us saying to our friends, Watch this with caution. Yeah, it's it's uh, definitely not for everybody. Um, 
It's not. If you're somebody who doesn't do crawly things. Yeah. And doesn't do like the grudge or Samara from the ring or anything that's like creepy crawly towards you. Do not do not watch this movie. Um, it is not demons. I will go ahead and tell you that. I had a couple friends ask. Like, yeah, unfortunately, like they're this? all humans. Yeah, unfortunately, they're all humans. Because um, I had a couple friends when I told them that this is like up there with Sinister and Hereditary. They were like, oh, so it's like demons. And I was like, no, no, it's not. That's what makes this so interesting and also so horrifying. Um, but if you're a big, brave boy or a big, brave girl or a big, brave thumper, Go see it. It's a a really good movie. Um, I don't know how much longer it's going to be in theaters. Honestly, it's probably already not in theaters, um, or it's like down to one showing a day. Um, but if you can, if you can get your hands on it, or see this, <laughs> I would say watch it from home. But this is a movie that you do not want to watch in your home. Yeah, kind of like if you're if you're turned off by home invasion. Yeah, this you know? is also this is like subterranean. Plus home invasion, plus, plus social feminist, commentary. yeah, plus feminist social commentary. Yep, it's a whole lot of things. And watching this in my home, I think, would have made it way worse. So go watch it at a friend's house, um, where you aren't gonna be sleeping. You know, when you all get the the midnight spookies, and you're like, we, yeah. let's tell stories or let's watch a scary movie. This is a yeah. good one for that. Yeah, um, and then you leave before everyone goes to sleep so that you can go to your home that has not been tainted by this movie. <laughs> That's the plan. That's what I did at sleepovers as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, you always were the smart kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's Barbarian. I Yeah, I don't know what else i have to say i mean the acting performances were all great it's a small cast it's a small budget it's very well done it handled in a really smart yeah it handled the um uh celebrity sexual assault thing and even just sexual assault in general in a really like interesting way um just like as a as a theme of the movie because that's justin long's whole character is he's trying to find redemption from that and I, which is a wild parallel. It was a gutsy between, parallel. It was a very gutsy parallel and it pulled no punches on like yeah. male celebrities. So, but, it, but it never felt preachy. It no, didn't feel it, as it didn't. preachy as like, like men felt kind of preachy. Yeah. Um, men felt very preachy. This did not feel preachy, but it felt no. respectful, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, if you listen to all of this and you still want to see it, it's still out in theaters as of this podcast recording. It might not be for much longer. So whenever it hits streamings, I honestly, if you are a big horror fan or you have somebody else who wants to watch it, I think this is worth the rental. For me personally, this is not worth a purchase. Um. But I I would be curious to see how it holds up upon second viewing, knowing everything that's going to happen. Yeah. Because your first time is going to be very different from any other time that you watch this movie. Kind of like how Bodies, Bodies, Bodies was for us. You know, like, it gets better with another viewing, but it's a totally different movie if you've seen it before. Yeah. That's Barbarian, and I'm going to go purge my brain. <laughs> Made this year 
It's uh, directed by Zach Kreger and starring Bill and Georgina Campbell. Georgina, awesome. Georgina is absolutely flawless in this yeah, movie. She, was, she, she was does great. such a good job. Everybody, everybody who's in it is great. Yeah. So yeah, check it out if you're feeling brave. Happy Halloween, I guess. I don't know. Happy, I have uh, happy, happy spooky season. Happy spooky season. <laughs> cool. All right, we'll, we'll see you guys later. We'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.